I've been looking at weird little board game upgrades to order from Germany. Nice. And then I was like checking my email, and it's like that's probably more important. <laughs> I've, I've <laughs> the most get, important. I've got to get the order to ten euros, or they don't ship it. <laughs> and it's because it's like little. Are you looking at like really there? small things? And ten euros is not that much money. Yeah, it's like you know, it's like little. Player 2 Pixelcast episode 76. Yes, we're lazy. We've made it through to probably by the time you're listening to this, February before we put a new episode out. You, you know what? 2022 happened. You Look out your window, man. Shits have been happening. There's a reason we got delayed. Um, blame it on what you will, but it's probably either COVID or the world exploding. But we're back. We're going to be sticking both. to schedule. Both. Yeah, both. And something to do with tennis. I don't know. And Microsoft buying the devil. Whatever. Anyway, I am your host. I am back. I am Tim Henderson, and I am joined today by my, as of the end of last year, and it seems like rolling nicely into 2022, my two most reliable gentlemen on the face of the earth. Steve, welcome back. Lovely to be back, Tim. Glad to hear you're enthusiastic. And Ken, it sounds nice and quiet over there. Do you think you're going to make it through the night? Uh, for the moment. Um, I do have to say it's the eve of Lunar New Year today. Oh, wow. And, Do you uh, have treats? Can you share treats with us? I would like some treats. Uh, well, I can't share them with you. You can probably I'm, look at them. No, I I've can't. Turn your camera on and we can look at them. Ken, I've looked at your Twitter feed, Ken, and I'm very jealous. They look delicious. Oh, yeah. Pineapple tarts. It's a, it's a, it's a traditional oh. snack for, for, for the new, for the Lunar New Year, particularly in the Singapore, Malaysia region. It's a, it's a very specific okay. thing. I um, very specifically remember buying pineapple tart type things in Hong Kong airport of all places with no significance other than I, they looked nice. Is that related in oh, any yeah. way whatsoever? Uh, kind of. It's, they it's, were pretty it's good. very similar. A buttery pastry, buttery yep. pastry with a, with a glob of pineapple puree. Well, this was like puree was like inside. It was kind inside, of sealed, yeah, 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 yeah. It's 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 similar 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 thing, but um, yes, it's it's the eve of the lunar new year, yeah. and we're entering the year of the tiger, um, starting from tomorrow. It's one of the more badass animals in the list. It's the third one on the uh, zodiac. I just remember those pineapple. Those, those things are pretty good. They were also very strange for me because I they did not go well with coffee, so I was drinking tea for a couple of days, which is completely out of character for me. Yeah. Oh, it's a very tea related. It's a very tea strong, tea forward, <laughs> tea snack. forward snack. Opposed <laughs> <laughs> to Tim Tams. Yeah. But yeah. Um, so if I, if anyone's excited about the pineapple tarts, please go and check out Ken's uh, Twitter feed so you can drool over them as well. Yeah, at Player Two on Twitter, I believe. Not player two, sorry. Pixel oh, Hunt. Pixel Hunt. We're going back in time. We're getting my peas mixed up. Behind the curtain for a second, all the um, podcast editing for this show is actually still labeled as PH as opposed to P2 because that's how far back this show goes. I get everything mixed up. Anyway, yes, this episode, I mean, we're coming in hot and late and we figured that everybody is probably sick to, t- sick to death of everybody's um, thoughts about Activision and Microsoft. So we're just going to, you know what? Go back to plan A. What were our favorite games last year? But before that, what are the games we are playing right now? And Steve, how bad is your drug addiction? Uh, It's pretty good so far. I'm not um, hooked onto anything in uh, Disco Elysium, the final cut. Um, I will say what I am not addicted to is the loading times on the Switch console, um, (laughs) which I have timed. 
and it's and it sounds like Tim, you have played this game. So uh, anyone who has already played this will appreciate this. It is literally thirty seconds loading, transitioning between uh, any um, location. So if you go to an interior, that's a thirty second load. If you then go to an exterior, that's a thirty second load. Oof. Um, I'm playing on a mechanical crazy. hard drive on a PC, but I still don't think it's that bad. No, it's it's not great. Um, I have to imagine. I see. These days, I want to blame the Switch hardware because it's so long in the tooth, and apparently, even Game Freak can't get it to, um, you know, reach any better heights. Um, but it could be optimization. But um, the game itself is. Uh, the, I, I'm gonna. I plan to do a review on it um, once I finish it. But at this point, it seems like that'll take me a while. It's gonna take you a while, even if you had an SSD and up to date hardware, man. Yeah, I'm on. I'm about to go on to day four. Um, Again, I don't know what the significance of that is, because um, this game is like a very, it's a very slow burn kind of mystery, um, and you know the world seems very established. The characters are slowly revealing themselves, especially the main character. Um, and do you even know your name yet? I do know my name yet. Yes. yes. Well done. I do know my na- well know done. My name. Um, I have not yet found my gun, but I do have my badge. And most of my clothes. So, <laughs> that's also good. Um, and I have had some very deep thoughts about uh, race and communism and all these other ideas that this game um, likes to delve very it heavily into. It doesn't hold into. back. No, it does not. Um, it's very, very interesting. One of the things, and I'll probably put this in, in my review, is that the way it's making me feel is how I imagine the people who bang on to you about playing Planescape Torment and it being the best RPG that's ever made and the greatest story and all these other things. I'm like, anytime I try to play Planescape, I can't get past just the jankiness and the age of it. So I feel like, I'm like, is this how they wanted me to feel? Because if so, that's great. And I'm glad they got that out of Planescape, but right now I'm getting all of these amazing feelings out of Disco Elysium, The Final Cut. Which, I don't know if you can turn off that Final Cut content, but it's always a thing I like them to add, because one of the weird things with that is this is a game primed for multiple playthroughs. Like, once you get through that first playthrough, there's always things that you cannot do um, because of the choices that you've made, and you'll probably want to go back and try some of those things out. But I don't know what the extra content is, because I feel like it's just baked in. A lot of it is, um, there was no voice acting in the original, which means it's probably part of why it's taking so long, because the voice acting is pretty good, but it's not always speedy especially mm. your internal monologues your character yes th- speaks to himself effectively in his head a lot um so that's interesting because i didn't realize that it didn't have any voice in the original version so I, I imagine that was a pretty big undertaking it's a very wordy game it's very wordy game i actually well, it's, for it's the first time ever um i was playing this briefly when i was locked in this room and had nowhere else to go um Finally had a moment where the the line written and the line read were completely different. Oh, that's always but complete, like not even remotely related. Like this conversation, the whole thing just broke for a moment. You that's need like to submit that only... a QA report, Tim. Like man, this game's busted now. But that's it. Like <laughs> as far as like it's been completely stable aside from that. It's kind of crazy considering how many moving pieces there are in this game. Yeah, it's it's great. Um, Huso said that he sort of fell off it. 
and I wonder if my review will get him to maybe jump back on it. Um, but I do think that if the loading times were a lot better, the Switch is probably the perfect place for it because the game itself is not very reliant on its visuals in a lot of ways. Um, but I do love being able to lay in bed and dig around in that world. Um, but it has been fairly detrimental because it means I tend to not be getting... Like, I'll jump in bed at 9 o'clock and then it's nearly midnight and I'm like, I should probably put this down, but I just want to keep going. Which I guess is a ringing endorsement in its own way. Like, uh, as opposed to Shin Megami Tensei Five, which... Uh, <laughs> Look, I'm, I'm going to put it on Front Street. I'm really hoping that I can just let that one slide and uh, Matt and Paul won't hit me up to get a review of that done because um, it's it's not a game for me. It's it's just not anymore. Like, I cannot do those lengthy old-school JRPGs. And I'm sorry, Shin Megami Tensei Five. it's not you. It really is me. I've just outgrown the kind of game you are. The theme and everything else, I love oh, it. So it's it, great. Is, it, is, it is them. Yeah, You're kind of saying it's not you, it's not me, and then saying everything that is wrong with you. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, you, but you didn't grow up along, you know, you didn't grow up um, at all over the last 15 years, and you are still the same person you always were, and I can't deal with that anymore. <laughs> it's not high school anyway, man. It's not high school anymore. <laughs> Thank you, Ken, for leaping to my defense. But anyway, it is Shin Megami Tensei Five's fault? But yeah, no, yeah. It's, uh, it's been a very, it's been a very different experience because some people would say that, uh, you know, in some ways the games are very similar in terms of you know old school mechanics, lots of writing, heavy themes. But one of them, I'm happy to spend three to four hours a night playing to the detriment of my um, sanity and sleep schedule. And the other one uh, is slowly filtering down to the very depths of my Switch uh, UI list. You know, the longer you leave them, the further back they go. It's almost at the bottom of that list. Yeah, I mean, the difference is, like, Disco Elysium is, um, like, there's no grind, but you have to pay attention a lot. Um, And this is where the falling off thing happens is and I've fallen off again, is if you do leave this game alone for a while, you kind of forget a lot of the things. It's not like you forget how the mechanics work, but you, there's so much stuff you're holding in your head when you're playing that game that if you leave it for a couple of months and try and come back, you feel lost in a very unique way. And it's... I don't think there's a lot of catch-up mechanism in there at all. Like, you could dig through some of the menus to try to figure out what you're supposed to be doing, but I think you would then lose the significance of a lot of what you're doing because it does really sort of unfold. And it refuses to hold your hand at all. It's just kind of like go and discover what you can. So again, if you come back and you've forgotten a lot of that stuff and like who is what, it, it it takes a lot of effort to get back into it if you do leave it alone. But it's um it's it's really great. I'd be happy to um see what that studio is doing next if they're going to continue in that sort of area. I imagine that game took a long time to put together. It just feels... it makes you feel so stupid though as well. Like like I just feel oh, so uneducated I'm, I'm by the end a, of it. Is like I'm such a dumbass. Like I don't like I, you know, especially when it comes to like a lot of political um theorems and you know ideologies and things like that. I know, you know, nothing of nothing about a it's lot like, of It's like, you know things. enough for day-to-day life, but when you get into this game, you're yeah. like, holy shit, man. I'm like, wow, this is like full-on, like, someone's really deeply thought about how all of these things, you know, a lot affect... Of, I think a lot of the budget went just towards research. Oh, yeah. 
I would be very shocked if half the people on the staff weren't at least graduating in first class honours from political science or history or, you know, if there wasn't a PhD or two on that team as well, because it is very, very um, engaging as well. Like, it, it's really interesting the way they, they're taking a lot of, I guess, real world um, ideologies and ideas and historical uh, events and sort of warping them into this, you know, world that they've created. It's just, it, it is like a fantasy. It's just a mirror. It's just like, yeah, I, I see yeah. all of this shit. But I've, I've been having maybe a slightly hard time because I've been trying not to like compromise my own principles and I've gotten, kind of gotten my ring character somewhat cleaned up. Mm. But I'm and that's like, what I've been doing as well. Like, I feel like I'm just, I'm, 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 you know, and that's a great thing. It does give you that option of where it's not like the paragon points. Like, I do feel like it is interesting and worthwhile to think about what I would do, which I wonder if in a sense isn't going to backfire when I know more about this character and I have to think about what would the character themselves do? Because I think you get that, like the whole thing at the start gives you that semi-blank slate. So you do get to sort of project yourself onto the character a bit, but as the, you know, the layers are peeled back and you start to get a sense of who this person is and why they are where they are and what their role is in this world, you start to think, oh, would, yeah. you know, am I ta- putting, am I being too heavy handed <clears throat> in what I'm doing here? They do do a very good job with, like, because it's the ultimate video game, like amnesia trope, um, blank mm. slate, but they do it so much better. The mo- like they they really go deep into like you have an idea of who you are because you just I mean this establishment like you kind of just wake up yeah. in this completely destroyed hotel room and it's quite clearly you have just destroyed it um, and the first character you really talk to is like a, is like basically your necktie you have a really ugly necktie who just wants you to get hopped up on cocaine all the time so you kind of like you have this kind of back out and then it's kind of like do you want to fix yourself or try and go down the direction that they've like slightly hinted at yeah and it, and like I, I had an instance where I literally died because I was just I, I just made a couple of really dumb dialogue choices to s- see what would end up happening and I and at that point I hadn't really grasped the controls enough to know what button was to heal yeah so, you have to do that really fast that's weird it's very yeah, strange I yeah, thought so I'd, that happened to me once. Yeah, it's like your health just keeps going down until you heal and then it stops. Yeah. I was expecting I, so to just take a couple a of hits. And then... Yeah, so it really surprised me. And then, of course, there was the one minute loading time to <laughs> get back up into the right, game. The so two most memorable I've, deaths uh... I've had. Um, one, this is not a spoiler because it was very early on in the game. You kind of go downstairs after you destroyed your hotel room and obviously you're faced with a massive bill for everything you've destroyed. Um, the first time I died by running away and like trying to flip the birds to the hotel manager and then I just died falling over. <laughs> um, and then another time I died of depression because I couldn't use bolt cutters properly to break into somebody's house oh that sounds about right which is a little bit ridiculous but I mean when you have all these mechanics going and a lot of it's dice roll based I guess you kind of have to accept that sometimes stupid shit like that is gonna happen yeah I do like that they do make it very clear what um, of those options you can try again and which ones you get one shot at and they give you the option to bail on the conversation and come back to try again and I I think it's really great how they've kept a lot of those you know the creep of your abilities very low because one point in something will make a big difference it's not like Mm. this minuscule difference and the clothing is what like 
has a huge impact on your stats as well. So you can jump out of a conversation, <laughs> put on a funky, put on a really funky outfit, and then suddenly this person wants to speak to you because you look like you know like some weird kind of like fetishist or like a or like a military police officer or yeah like some you know scummy disco loser like it's i i really appreciate how much like how you present yourself to the world re- like is reflected in the way people will respond to you it, and also when you choose your build like you literally there are just some options you will not be able to take in the game unless you're one of those people who wants to sit there and quick save and load again and load again and load again to try to get that three percent chance red dice roll to pay off I actually did get a 3% chance and it was on the stupidest thing I could... I'm not going to mention what it was. I'll tell you during the break. I, it was... Of all the things I could have had that dice roll go my way on, it's like, this is the one that worked out, really? Because I think, like, there's a few where if it's, if it's like, 20%, I don't really bother. Like, I'm like, nah, I'll just come back later and see if I can do it. And a few where it's been, like, 40-something percent and sometimes it pays off and you're like, yes, and then other times it's like... It's just no go. It's like, no, nah, it's impossible. You haven't spec'd your character to ever get anywhere near the numbers of that yeah. stat you they need. They do a pretty clever job of, like, I think if they want a certain... Let's just say a possible pathway to be towards a certain spec, they'll, make, they'll like, just have multiple dice rolls there, so even if you get lucky the first time, unless your character is really spec'd that way, you're not gonna... Yeah, and the way that, like, certain actions that you take could increase or decrease that, like, you know, if you've done something in the world or if you choose particular dialogue options. And then it's, like, there was one situation where I needed to get, um, I needed to deliver a piece of information really, like, rapidly and not stuff around a lot. And uh, I think my best percent chance of it was about 55%. But if I kept talking to that the person before giving them the news, it just kept dropping that percent because I was just, you know... That's a reverse to how it normally works where a lot of the time yeah. you're trying to uncover extra information that slowly ticks up. Yeah, this is like, no, you need to hurry up and do this. So I thought that was really cool. Um, I, I ended up um, failing that one miserably and I'm not trying to do the whole reset and get the perfect run. So um, they still managed to extricate themselves from those situations pretty well. I don't think you ever have a fail roll and feel like you've locked yourself out of something completely. It would be such an annoying game to try and save scum through like maybe once or twice here and there if you felt really cheated by a roll but like if you tried to do that you would just give up out of frustration yeah i think i've done it like once when it was like 80 percent, and i just saved like normally i i'm pretty bad with saving on this game quite frequently so it's not worth having to load back a couple of hours but i think there was once where it was like almost it was 80 percent or something close to that and i was just like really you're gonna be the red you know, on that, no, I'm going to just save scum that and try again. No, it's it's a surprisingly... Um, well, it's surprising. I guess it's what worst reputation is. But for such a, like, narrative-heavy game, it is replayable. Like, there yeah, are so I, many legitimately think, different paths you could go down. Because I think it's legitimately interesting to see the other stuff that they put in there. I think the, the trickiest thing would be looking at, like, what I spec'd as and going the complete opposite of that and maybe even, you know... Like, I load it up, and I'm like, you know what? This time I am going to play a drunken coke fiend, and we'll see how that goes. I have a friend who did that, and it's maybe his favorite game now, so maybe that is the way to go. I guess my concern is that, like, you know, wouldn't you just be trying to cheat death at every corner because your heart's about to give out or something like that? So it'll be interesting either way. But I think I would thoroughly recommend this to anyone who is the slightest bit interested. I think if you're like me and you don't 
really feel like sitting in front of a PlayStation or an Xbox or even a PC these days is where you want to be for an isometric uh, CRPG style game. It is on all of those things, though. We should probably point out, like, yes, actually, oh yeah, it's on all of them, and the the performance will be a lot better. Um, It's pretty demanding, oddly demanding on PC. I should actually point out, I can't play it on my Surface, even though it apparently meets the specs, and that annoyed the crap out of me because I was expecting to cloud save at work. That is very odd. I wonder... Because it, it, it doesn't look so it. pretty that a Surface Pro, like a fairly recent one, should not be able to run it, but it just didn't look... No. And again, Switch performance, it can be a little bit chuggy in some of the environments, depending on how many other characters are on screen, and the loading times are pretty abysmal. Um, so it will really frustrate you if it's you are running backwards and forwards. Oh, yeah. it's A Steam Deck will probably clear all of that up for you. But I imagine, you know... I can't look at this and think there's not some optimization that can happen there. It just, it's I not think a that game that should be bringing some of this hardware to the level it's performing. It was at. probably never designed with a Switch in mind, though. Anyway, no. Ken, is I'm, Halo I'm Infinite political and complicated? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty straightforward and... Well, it is com- complicated. It's not the right word for it. The story is pretty convoluted. You heard a lot of people say they don't really understand what was going on, but they didn't care because moment-to-moment gameplay was really tight. Is it is it the Kingdom Hearts-style complicated story where it's not actually complicated, it's just really dumb? Well, um, the story's kind of, I guess, convoluted because there's, like, there's this thing and then another thing happens and every time something happens, something else happens that... That it's it's really hard to follow the logic flow. Oh, there's a big bad, and the big bad somehow turns up every single time, and there is another machine that needs to be turned on, which turns on twelve other machines, which then need to be need to be destroyed, and then there is another AI that controls controls it. You destroy that, and there's another thing. There's always another. There's another. What's there's always another MacGuffin. Um. No, so is it a pacing problem? It's not really a pacing problem because, you know, everybody's pretty familiar with Halo Infinite now. It's an open world, you know, fairly open world game. Um, it's not... There are limits to your movement, but it's fairly open and you move from one section to another section and mission missions pop up and, and then mini missions pop up all over the map and you move from one campaign mission to another... And to be fair, I probably played about three hours, four hours of the campaign, so I'm I'm not sure how deep I'm in, but Just a lot of the time is spent. Well, a lot of the time is spent like doing all the mini things, all the mini missions, because there's another fire team that needs to be saved, or another you know forward operating base that needs to be um, liberated, or uh, as you move forward, there's another thing that needs to be taken over uh, another comms tower that needs to be destroyed there's always another thing in the way that i hate about open world games <laughs> no. i know where <laughs> this is going a, shifting goalposts well the shifting goalposts but it's also the ubisoft sort of like um way of you go to a point and then uh, it suddenly unlocks the area and then 12 other points of interest appears on your map and then you're like alright guess I'll go and do more chores um 
moment to moment is pretty good. Like the gun, the gunplay feels good. The movement feels good. The grappling, the grapple hook is fantastic. Yeah, people are in um, love with that grapple hook. The grapple hook is just ridiculously good. Um, it just makes movement so much more pleasurable. But then, after the fifth or sixth forward operating base that I've liberated, I'm like, why won't I just keep liberating more of these bases? Then I just started doing campaign missions. And like I said, the campaign missions, like, oh, there is a spark here that I need that suddenly because I've taken some action that displeased the spark, it now wants to fight me. Okay, I destroyed the spark. Oh, suddenly like 12 other things have, you know, the whole ground is rumbling and 12 other things just appeared out of nowhere and I've got to destroy them all. And then you go and destroy them and then something else happens and then something else happens. It's... <sighs> I don't know Make what it sound it like it's unfocused, like they just don't know what they're trying to do, so they just keep on throwing up an idea until it fizzles out. I guess, like, I really love Halo, and I love the world, but I've always felt like, and I've talked about this in previous episodes, like, I really love the um, the novel, the, the, the first novel um, of Halo. That's one of my favorite sci-fi books, because it paints a fairly coherent world, right? Um, but like the first Halo game, where you're fighting all these monsters, and suddenly you're thrown into a, like, there is a the flood giant plant no the plant and there's a giant plant monster somewhere um in either one or two that somehow is like magical earth powers or something i'm like oh my goodness it's just they are trying to layer like mystery after mystery after mystery on top of other mysteries and it's just like uh, they make it Sounds familiar. I don't know where else I saw it. Someone else complaining. They had a pretty solid, coherent lore, and instead of like just working within that and creating like adventure stories within that, they just kind of kept on just trying to stack things on top and just making it needlessly complicated and kind of incoherent. Yeah, that's, there's always another world-ending um, event, <clears throat> and there's always another like ultimate bad guy. Like, every bad guy somehow has another bad guy pulling their strings. Well, it's and like Dragon Ball Z power creep, or you know, they let like the writers from that. Lost in there. Yeah, it's just, like, that's why I think Halo Reach is one of my favorite, because it's actually a fairly contained story. I will say um, that, um, at the moment, I recently bought the Master Chief Collection, by recently, I mean, sometime late last year. And I got about halfway through Halo 3 and then just got annoyed with it, actually. I, actually, Even in that, I didn't understand what was going on fully. But I've recently started playing ODST, and that is probably my favorite Halo campaign I've played in a very long time. And yeah. I'm not sure if I'm just, like, digging the, like, the more noir mood, or if it's, again, like, it's just kind of nicely contained, and, like, I can kind of get what's going on. Yeah, like... Like I said, I love the first novel i actually really like the, the a couple of the tv shows like forward onto dawn it's straightforward it's about this person and this experience and their their slice of the world with 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 master chief and with cortana becoming rampant and all of that stuff and then the four forerunners and the arbiters and the blah 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 and the you know there's always another 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 cortana even there's another cortana um it just got overwhelming but that being said the multiplayer is pretty goddamn solid like 
it's it's like chef kiss fingers like levels of <laughs> it's it's good it's so good um you can forgive it all its shortcomings yeah. because of the multiplayer oh my god the multiplayer is just like solid and that's for me like, where all you really oh, want is like a solid single player campaign that's not too open world yeah it's 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 just too it's too it, the, the the campaign the, the single player is just it's too much it's it's too much like it it I feel like it sorely needs an editor, like to come in and cut about forty percent of 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 the um of the game. And, and this has come from guys who only played four hours of it, and just like really focus it down. Like, what's the core conceit here? What are we trying to achieve here? What is the main driver or motivation? At this point, Master Chief is just like, I'm just going to go kill guys because, you know, that's what I do. <laughs> I, I think it is a, a strong um, example of why I am happy for a series to die at a particular point because it gets the... I guess it gets to the stage where it gets so bloated and overwrought and it's trying to be so many things to so many people and I guarantee you there's people on that dev team who worship the ground Halo 1 walked on because they played it at a formative age mm. and it's just that can be great and it can be really detrimental Yeah, and I get the impression that there are going to be parts of that game that are golden and have to be because if the multiplayer on that thing was not golden Microsoft would probably wouldn't have put it out because no Halo game is better than a really bad Halo game at such a critical point of, you know, them in this console life cycle. Like, and especially with it being pushed back from, you know, the mm. previous gen stuff, like it needed to sing. And it sounds like some parts of it do and other parts of it are just a result of it being passed through so many hands to the point yeah. where... And, and, and the I people think who this... created Halo don't even want to make Halo anymore. Like, <laughs> I think it's... it's it, I, I guess it's also like... You know, we we joked about it with Shin Megami Tensei Five, but it's like, I freaky, it yeah. But I've also grown up over the last like ten, fifteen, twenty years since the last I don't know since the it's it's been twenty plus thirty years since the first Halo came out. I think it's thirty, 20, but yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, twenty twenty-five. I reckon it's twenty-five yeah. or close to one. It. It's closer to like twenty. I think Xbox. It's Xbox yeah. oh, yeah. see. original Xbox. Yeah. So original Xbox yeah. One was that ninety nine or two thousand one? Be two thousand two thousand and one. It'd be about twenty years. So mm. twenty years since 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 the original Halo One. It's been what five years since the last Halo. I don't even know. Mm. Um, That's because I mean, nobody I, liked the last one. But you know, I've moved. I've moved on and grown up, and my tastes have changed, and mm. it just feels like the flavor. Is of, of Halo remains the same-ish, samey. Wow, we've got another. And it's not you. It's me. Ah, oh, no, it's it's them. It's not, <laughs> it's not me. <laughs> um, yeah, and and I just we we went our separate paths many years ago, mm. and I just um, it's it's just we're not in the same place. Oh, well. We've grown and apart. I- I think you've hit the hit the nail on the head there as well, Ken, because I think it takes a while for you to recognize that within yourself. Like I have kept giving JRPGs a chance for a few years now, and 
I just don't finish any of them. It just literally doesn't happen. Like, I get maybe 20-something hours in, and I'm just done. Like, I, you're not showing me anything I haven't seen before. You're very rarely doing anything interesting or new. Yeah. So I'm not going to give you my time anymore. And it took me a longer um, time to then stop giving the money, which I know you would uh, also <laughs> um, give me a lot of stick for. Look, <laughs> but I've 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 just had to give them up because they just they were my bread and butter for my early teens and into my early twenties, and I just cannot do that genre anymore unless it does something revolutionary. There's a lot of sign of Even times. Persona. The first the first time you play a JRPG as a Western person, every theme is new to you. Oh like, yeah, uh, one. Like, I mean, I, even I, if it's the most like generic, overdone anime theme, if you if like that's your first exposure to Japanese entertainment, a lot of it seems fresh, regardless. And two, I back- think. Sorry, I, I was going to say I think living in Australia it was probably particularly weird for us because the US at least got that stuff on the SNES. Like our first big JRPG was aside from you know stuff like Grandstream Saga, which probably didn't do well over here, but it was Final Fantasy VII. Hmm. So that was already talking about a series that. that was fairly honed and they were swinging for the fences with that one so it it set a pretty high bar at that point and then going forward it you know the ps1 and the ps2 were probably very high watermarks for the jrpg genre as a whole we're talking about persona 3 and persona 4 like persona 5 is overwrought and too long and like persona 5 alone but it's too long yes but if we're and if we're going back to ourselves as again high school teenagers as a part of the appeal is and pre Game Pass like oh, inflation has been terrible. Like if I learned a couple of years ago that the house I kind of grew, grew up in for the first few years of my life, if inflation and wages had gone side by side, I could buy that house. No question. I stand hmm. no chance in hell of ever buying that house. Games have gotten cheaper, but when we were like thirteen, yeah. fourteen, fifteen years old, like a, and one you had more time because none of us did our homework properly. <laughs> Um, the prospect of this game is like 60 hours long is even if it's grindy that's great but you can get that without paying money anymore like you can, yeah, it's yeah. great if, if your parents are paying for your game pass subscription you're banging out on Halo Infinite which would be interesting Ken what what do you feel like the makeup is of that multiplayer mode do you think there's a high demographic of youth on there or do you think it's you know people reliving the glory days oh well based on the voice chat I hear it's probably youth that's interesting interesting to me like why do they care about Halo because they made a good shooter and people will always like pew 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 bang bang it's I mean it's a good shooter and multiplayer and it's free the multiplayer is free true multiplayer is free that is also true and I I think that is a key thing and that's something that Matt always um, reminds me of because I always seem to discount the fact that Kids can play good games for free now, and that just did not exist when nope, we were. That Age of Empires in a cereal box was friggin' wild. That was know. it. That thing. That thing had to last you like five years. You know. You know. You got Tony Hawk free in a cereal yeah. box. Gonna gonna and move. Also, like, if you wanna, if everybody wants to be a YouTuber slash streamer, like you got to go where the new hotness is. And Halo was the new hotness. It was it was the name grabber yeah. for for mm. probably still is. There is a lot. I want I want to drag this to the original hotness though. I've gone through so many segues I could have used them all from the wayside, but mostly about not um drawing up. So it turns out that back when Super Mario 3D All Stars came out, and then like there were a bunch left over at JV Hi-Fi and they went on sale. My brother just went and bought a bunch of them. Has been using them as gifts. When there's nothing else left to get think of. 
<laughs> so I received my kind of been sitting on the shelf for a year copy of Mario 3 All Stars for Christmas. I was like, you know what? I was never a fan of the Mario worlds in general. Actually don't like the SNES ones that much. Didn't even like uh, Mario 64 that much, but like I always kind of like the tropical appeal of sunshine. And I know like very mm. mixed feelings about it, but you know what? You know what? I just have it now. I'm going to give it a shot. And I get in the game. I'm like, yeah, the frame rate's a bit, huh? All right. This one actually ran at 30. That's weird for a Nintendo game. I guess it was the era. But, you know, like, it does look kind of sunny. This is okay. And in second, I'm, like, trying to control that fucking waterfall backpack. I go, wow, I hate this. <laughs> like, I just hate this game is bad. Um, I don't know. If you get used to the controls, maybe it's okay. But I tried for a couple of hours. And I'm like, nope. But then, you know what? I played it before, but I just... I We're going to keep this short because I think we're running quite long. I want to get the topic. But um, Super Mario Galaxy is still a fucking masterpiece. Oh, yeah. That game's mint. Super Mario Galaxy is just so fucking good, and I know, I, the worst thing is, like, you know it's such a lazy port, and I don't want to use the word lazy with game development loosely, but man, Nintendo really just went bang, 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 let's do nothing to these games. Like, it's upscaled a bit, and that's, like, it. Like, they have not redone any textures or anything. Still looks amazing. That, and where is Super Mario Galaxy 2? Like, It should have it? just been in Mario Galaxy 1 and 2, it would have been a much better compilation, I think. I've st- I've still got them both on the Wii, and I still have a Wii U, so I can still run those at semi I mean, HD if I want to. Haven't even properly like given a reworking of control pad. Like the the pointer stuff is still there, and I'm using the pro controller, and you kind of have to like wave it around, and that's annoying for a bit. Oh, gross. Um, but you kind of get used to it. But like, you get over that in a couple of minutes. You forget like how well designed those levels were. Like those little planetoids, and part of it was knowing that the Wii which is originally made for being what it is, you didn't really have the twin analog sticks. They were designed to be small and contained in such a way that, one, you're always moving onto something new, but two, they had perfect control of the camera. Like, you really never get lost in that game, no matter where the fuck you're running. But it's just wild how much new stuff is in every level. Like, you feel like you play a couple of levels in this game and you've gone through the entire idea bank of some other AAA titles. Like, it's just wild. Like, I, I just cannot say enough, like, this game, like, that it's just... Because li- I remember it was, like, played it in 2007 when it came out, and it was like, I think this is the best 3D platformer I've ever pay- played. It is still really... Like, it has completely lived up to the memory. That game alone is worth it, and they Nintendo should really just fucking sell that thing separately. Maybe they will eventually. Maybe they'll do another Maybe another, another year from version. now. Well, they should yeah, just do another, another thing. Yeah. I, I mean, it, when I... We're not getting new Switch hardware for a few years. I think the boat sailed on that, and they're going to wait till... It's going to be a super Switch. It's going to be a proper refresher. Oh, yeah. But they'll also wait till the hardware prices drop a little bit more for them to manufacture units, because Nintendo don't like spending money on hardware. I hope they I hope they do call it a Super Switch, though. It would be great. I would I would love... I love that people keep on assuming it's going to be a Switch Pro, like Nintendo's just going to follow PlayStation. No, call it a Super Switch. Super Switch would be way better. Anyway, um, I just, want, I just wanted to get off my chest because that game is still really fucking good. If you have if you have that thing lying around somewhere, just ignore. Oh, maybe maybe Mario sixty four is worth it still, but um, ignore something. Just uh, my, play. This place. My kid right. is on a huge Mario bender at the moment, so he's been playing like three D World, Bowser's Fury, you know, Luigi's Mansion, like all of this stuff. Three D World is also Mario pretty Ballers. good, but man, Galaxy is still its own thing. It is so good. It's better than Odyssey. Well, I played Odyssey a couple of years ago. I, Galaxies. Yeah, Odyssey's Odyssey's good, but it's it's I like not Odyssey a lot. quite at the lofty heights of it. It does um, have the New Donk Festival. It does. 
That was rad. Mijong City is uh, pretty good. But I, that, I have been, I have eyed that collection off a few times, and really the only thing I'm looking in it for him would be Galaxy, because I don't want to play 64. Sunshine's a mess. And Sunshine's a mess. Sun, I, I liked Sunshine on the GameCube because it was weird, but I don't think I'd have the patience for that control scheme. I love the idea of it still, but like, they, like, like they, they could have made the controls better as well. It's like the really frustrating thing is like, they could have with not that much work, made that game way more playable and probably improved the frame rate as well. But um, regardless, like, Galaxy is still wonderful, even if they probably could have done more to improve that again. Um, We're going to take a short break, and when we come back, this is going to be only stuff we like. It'll be our personal Game of the Year choices for 2021. And as promised, we're keeping this nice and simple where this is actually nothing... Did, did our website even do... Did Player 2 even do a top game of the year thing? I don't know if we really did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that um, like yeah, a personal... A of it. Like there's some personal stuff and this is more personal stuff. Um, the way we're running this down is it's basically we all get to choose a game of the year and one or two runners up. Game of the year is a little bit strict, as in it has to be a new game that came out in 2021. Runners up... Uh, let people get away with some shit. Um... <laughs> Ken, did you actually manage to play anything new in 2021? I mean, to be honest, I mean, 2021 was pretty much a wash in terms of gaming for me. I, I tried a few things here and there, a few demos, Naraka Blade Point. Um, I did a couple of reviews for the site. Uh, I did a couple of previews. Um, I finished Cyberpunk 27, 27, 2077, which was 2020 to begin with. No, it was last year. It was, um, I believe it it was like just before the launch of the new console. So it was like November, October, November of 2020 that came out. Oh, you're right. Oh, that's why people are still giving CDPR so much shit about not getting an actual fucking next gen patch out because it's like. Been, been a year and a quarter now. Months. Yeah, I spent a bit of time with Far Cry Six, which I pretty enjoy. I, I enjoyed quite a bit, um, but I fell off it just because it was a, another very, very long Movie game. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I guess of the out of all the out of all the admittedly small number of games I've played, um, I would give my personal my personal game of the year award to Hell Let Loose. Huh. Um, it is a World War II multiplayer-only shooter, and it is a very, very complex piece of um, gaming. Uh, I wrote, uh, I wrote a review for the Player Two website, and 
it's frustrating in the way the game hides the information from you, and it, it's frustrating in the way it doesn't teach you anything about anything. And it just tosses you in and expects you to sort of sink or swim. Um, For a multiplayer game, that's brutal. And this is an extremely complex, complex uh, 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 multiplayer game because there are supply lines, there are resource points, there's building, there's construction. You can build like you can build um, encampments and fortifications. You can put down respawn points, and all of these things they're like all interlinked subsystems within the game. So if you're an officer, you can put down a spawn point for your team, or you can put a spawn uh, for your squad, or you can put a spawn point down for your for your, for the for the whole team. But they use resources. You cannot generate your own resources. Another class on your team has to generate the resources. Um, but then there's actually five or six different types of resources, and some are used for equipment, and some are used for controlling po- control points, and some are used for a bunch of other things. Some are used to, to build fortifications. And if you don't know what is what, you won't know how to do any of that stuff. Um, when you're shooting, for example, you you do not get any indication of whether you hit the enemy. You assume huh? that you've like, like as in you know you see somebody off in the distance. By the time you see someone, it's often you know it's too late and you're just uh, you're firing off, and you can't tell if you're in the distance whether your bullets are hitting because you, there's no bullet drop, there's no tracer rounds. You, if you're lucky, you see the enemy flop down. And then you're like, okay, I got them, um, but they're they could be hit, they could be hit. Like, is injured. that in service of realism? Yes, sounds like it would be. Yeah, it every they're trying to be as as authentic as they can, like pre- present an authentic experience. So you're firing, and you don't know whether your bullet's hitting. You assume that it is, and in a distance, if the enemy falls over, they could either you could have either shot them and they are dead. Or they could you could have injured them, and they're just sort of like prone in the glass uh, in the grass and waiting to die. Or they could have just like ducked down, like you don't know until you actually go up and confirm the kill. Jesus, can no wonder um, you had no time to play anything else last year. And it's, it's just it's it's so many layers of systems layered one upon each other, and I had to go watch like a heap of YouTube videos just to understand the overall game and then what each class does. There are tanks. Um, there's a commander, which the you know like years ago when people talked about um, multiplayer games, they would have one commander role where they would look at the screen and, and manipulate it like a real time strategy game. There is that here. Um, that that commander can drop points, can drop resources, can call in bombing runs, um, can um, issue commands. It's 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 so many systems, and it does my head in just trying to explain it. The intro video that I watched, like, here are the things you need to know to get into the game, was like twenty minutes long on YouTube. Oof. <laughs> and then after that, it's like, this is what resources does. This is what this class does. This is what this class does. I had to watch like videos of every class just to understand what they did. 
like there's about probably like three hours worth of YouTube that I watch this just is... to be able to play this game. So you spend as much time watching YouTube videos about how to play this game as you have spent playing Halo Infinite in total. Yes. Yes. But when it all comes together, it just... It's... When it all comes together, it just works. There is... I've never felt the same level of tension and the same level of elation um, when I've when, when when playing a multiplayer game. This game is tense. Like I am like back up right rigid, and my hands are like white knuckle gripping my keyboard and mouse. Levels of tense because I'm ducking down. I'm hearing bullets whizzing past my head, and if you get a headshot, it makes a very, very distinctive pinging sound because your bullets hit their metal helmets. Uh, and I'm just running up, uh, running up, like charging up, I don't know, you know, you know, the Normandy beach or some other forest with five or six other, you know, my, my squad of six people and um, all the other squads on my team. And the tanks are across the river and they're firing over at us. And we've got to get our our bazooka guy um, into a position where they can shoot, um, take out the tank. And we're charging up the river or up the beach or up the, up the road. And I'm hearing people just either flopping down next to me and I'm hearing bullets whiz past my head, and I hear a distinctive ping all, all over my left shoulder, and I turn around and I like, oh, my guy is who, who I thought was just there a moment ago is gone then. It's like, oh, shit, <laughs> they, they just got hit shot. Um, and when you see your team sort of running up the fields and with all the hedgerows and the smoke grenades are there and the, and the planes are zooming past, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous ridiculously immersive and it's ridiculously very very much like a scene out of you know saving private ryan or any number of like world war more of the modern world war ii uh movies it's just when it works and you understand what's underneath it works and it takes so much effort and energy to get there in the first instance that it's going to turn a whole heap of people off. But when you get there, it's just, it's mind-blowing. It's just a whole other type of uh, multiplayer game. Well, I have to say, this is definitely an unexpected game of the year selection. <laughs> Probably for a oh, very, well, very know, specific audience as well. It's a very specific... Like, you have to have... You have to love, like, that that era of, of game. I hated like, the World War II trending games. So this is, like, the least I, me thing you could possibly have picked. I, I know, right? <laughs> but it's it's not like... It's not like COD 2, um, um, that type of arcade thing. It's... And, you know, there's a whole system around suppressive, suppressing fire as well. Your screen goes gray. Um, so you, you can actually be a machine gunner and not actually hit anybody but still be useful because you're, su- you're, you're actively suppressing enemies and they can't move because their, their vision on their computer screens have completely gone, like, blurry um, because they are suppressed, you know, there's so many sort of systems and subsystems layered one upon the other, and they all sort of interplay with each other. But trying to explain it, 
It's just... Go watch 20 minutes worth of YouTube videos, kids. Yeah, it's just do your head... Well, do your head in. But, like I said, like I don't have a big pool to pick from in terms of my games of 2021. I like unique picks, um, though. Is kind, I mean, I will never get into this game, but it's refreshing to hear something that I would never have guessed. It's 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 legit. It's legitimately one of the most unique uh, multiplayer, or, you know, one of the most unique gaming experiences I've had. I, and I've said as I said as much in my review. It's like yeah, it's going to take you a lot of work, but but it pays off. It pays off. Um, Even my soldiers. Yeah, even in a way, in a way that I I was not expecting, and it's just it's just ridiculous. Oh, I am surprised. Anyway, um, Steve, how many how much stuff did you play last year? You're in the editorial uh, stuff. You have to play a decent whack. Uh, I'm a, I'm a little bit further down the chain than others. Um, I played a couple of things. I did not finish a lot of games. I think that was my real sticking I point. Like, personally, don't think finishing a game is a requirement for saying this yeah. is my favorite thing. Yeah. So, like, Ratchet and Clank, I haven't finished it. Uh, what else did I do? Um, like, I reviewed Judgment, finished it, of course. Um, uh, what's the the Arcane one? Deathloop. Yeah, Deathloop. Haven't finished it. Um, so. A lot of like a lot of stuff um, that I started and I haven't yet finished, which is a bummer. Um, I think by your uh, manipulation of uh, the rules, then based upon what game I've enjoyed the most and I want to actually go back and finish uh, is uh, Psychonauts Two. Yay! I'm so, really I still um, haven't played. So I'm really happy because I'm looking at this game going. I so want to play this. This will be. This, I, I feel like it would be my game of the year if I had touched it, but I can't. It just has a lot of heart in it, and it's doing some really interesting stuff around um, mental illness, I think. And it delivers upon a lot of the promises that the first game had. Like the platforming is a lot tighter. Um, it's you know still has that very bright aesthetic. Um, it's still very much a Tim Schafer game. Uh, and as someone who grew up on a lot of his uh, point-and-click adventure games from his LucasArts days and things like that, it's really great to see him still around um, and, you know, making things that resonate and are, you know, pushing forward in a way. And I just really enjoyed my time with it and I want to spend some more time with it, which I think these days, as we've, you know, touched on today, is probably the most ringing endorsement I can give a game is that I play it and I want to keep playing it. Mm-hmm. As opposed to... So much stuff, yeah. Yeah, it's, it, it's, it's exhausting. Um, and I, especially with the release of the PS5, I found myself being a lot pickier with um, grabbing games on release day or at all. Um, like, I would have loved to try Guardians of the Galaxy because that's been getting some great reviews, but I was not paying full price for that game. Um, I really loved Dying Light, and I would love to play Dying Light too. but I've got a bunch of other games on my plate that need to get played, and Dying Light 2 is... is not a contender for 2021's ch- Game of the Year either. So. <laughs> no, but it'll be cheaper by the time I get to it. Um, 
Yeah. So I do. I do have a pretty solid runner up, and there's another one that I'm going to chuck in as an honorable. We're gonna. We'll do, we'll do a second round for runners up. Yep. Um. Because yeah, I mean, 2021 for me was like again like a kind of a weird bit of a wash, and I wonder if that would have changed. Like literally, if I'd gotten a Series X instead of a PlayStation Five, I've told the story numerous times. Like pretty much got a PS Five by mistake, and it's like, you know what? You know, sure. I'm, if I don't want this later, I'm be able to get my money back very very easily. And Some that's people kind, can't that, get those on purpose. So. Exactly. <laughs> so, I mean, if I was trying to get on purpose, I probably wouldn't have one. It's like a weird thing. So that kind of set me on that trajectory of like no Game Pass. Which like I'm, I just keep, every now and like every couple of weeks, I see something about Psychonauts two, and I'm like, I really want to fucking play that game. But it's the, the room. The room I'm recording this in right now is like too cold. I do not want to play games in here if I could help it at least for another couple of months. And I'm not buying the the PS4 copy of that. Um, game kind of just like, knowing that it would probably play a little bit better on Xbox and like it's just buried in the back of the PlayStation Network and like again really expensive when I could be trying Game Pass and playing it more comfortably here um, which has kind of led me to the end where I actually think the thing I most enjoyed playing this year was well last year sorry was um actually Resident Evil Village Um, and I don't think three four years from now it's going to be something I remember like really strongly but it was just like it was really tight like, there wasn't a moment where that game just wasn't very good. I think they balanced the action and the horror. Probably the best job they've done of that since I'm Resident Evil 4. I, I think you've hit the nail on the head there because I am, and I think we've discussed it before, I was someone who found Resident Evil 7 a bit too much. And I'm finding Resident Evil 8 pushes you just far enough before it pulls back. Yeah, it... Resident Evil 8 lets you resolve things by punching him in the face as opposed to hiding in a corner, I think, is, is the main difference. I think I described um, last time I was speaking about, like, for example, the castle as opposed to, the, like, the shack of 7. And I actually like 7 a lot, but it is a more horror-focused game. By Just by nature of design, the castle is wider. Like, it gives you a chance to run away. So while you don't feel empowered... The room to wiggle lets lets you, like, breathe more easily and it makes exploring a little bit more fun. Um, and some of the environment, like, I don't want to speak about everything that happens in this game. Some of the environment stuff, like each of the areas, the way they kind of branch off. I mean, the village really is just an elaborate hub world. But some of those environments are scary. Um, I know you made fun of me before, but like, fuck that baby, that thing is terrifying. Um, and the story just gets batshit insane in a way that's really dumb, but also actually coherent. Like, it's stupid, but it makes sense. Like, within the world. It is incredibly dumb, but it makes sense. And it's just kind of like, this, it's just this perfect example of can't take this franchise too seriously and within that framework you're just kind of like going what this is wild so no it was that it's just like probably just the most solid just well-made game nothing i don't think anything i played last year is really really going to like stick with me in like the feels long term but it was solid like it was technically like really nice ran well very well designed never really a a dull moment never a frustrating moment just a very solidly well-made game and i'm just kind of sticking with it for that um, anyway, Ken, do you have a runner-up or two? Runner-up? Um... Or you can give him to Steve and then he can have, like, ten. <laughs> well, I, I don't know how, again, like, the rules for runner-up, how... I'm very loose, up. very loose with runner-up. If it's a game you played for the Convenient. first time, if it's a remake or whatever, like... Well, it's not even it's not even a game that I played for the first time, but it's definitely something you clicked that with I, for the first time. Well, not even. I I literally I tweeted about it um, several weeks ago. But Did you say Mech Warrior Online though? No, not Mech Warrior Online. I found my old 
Nintendo DS Lite. All right. Um, and I'm pulling out, and I wasn't even looking for it. I was actually looking for my um, Game Boy SP, um, Advance SP. Um, and I was just digging around, and, and I found my DS Lite, and I'm just like, there are so many good games with this. And Stephen and I were talking about it a little bit during the break. So you know, if you need some extra teaser teaser audio, it's it's <laughs> Tim. You might have to edit it, but. I had Puzzle Quest, Geometry Wars, um, Final Fantasy, um, Ring of Fates. Um, I have Elite Beat Agents, um, Super Mario um, World. I can't remember which is the one that came out on DS. Um, I've got Rune Factory, like a bunch of games, Ace Attorney. Uh, Ninja Ga- Ninja Gaiden Ninja Gaiden on the N- Nintendo DS is mind-blowingly good. It's it's so weird. It's so weird that it's good. Um, but it is good on the DS. I find that a little, little I, bit surprising. It's I, I was I was completely. I, I read a review like this is this was a game I bought like reading a review from I don't know like EGM or or GameSpot like back in the day. Um. Uh, or, or IGN, but it reviewed really, really well, and I'm like, oh, I was not expecting that, and I actually bought it. Um, Chibi Robo, yeah, Chibi. <laughs> Cooking Mama, Chibi Robo, Cooking Mama, like, like all of these things. So I guess like it's it's not so much an it, it, my runner-up for 2021 is not so much an individual game. Rediscovery of handheld gaming. The DS Lite library is the runner. The DS Lite, yes, specifically the DS Lite. I I forgot how much I loved the DS Lite. That that input system is still just so great. And the Lite, the DS Lite was so well designed. Like, I had the DS Fat, right? Um, The first, the original, and that was like a big, chunky, big. Fat boy. It and it was still weird. way sexier than what they'd shown off before it released. <laughs> like, it was... oh yeah, also oh, true, also oh, true. But the DS Lite was this slim, compact thing with the stylus off to the side, you know, clamshell design. Oh, I've got Hotel Dusk. Hotel Dusk. That's an interesting oh, game. Nice. That was an interesting oh, game. Loved Hotel Dusk, and I've got Professor Layton as well. Like this whole category, this whole genre, this whole era of gaming. Um, just rediscovering that was was a was an so joy. you've really made to stretch my rules to basically say the game of the year runners up for 2021 are it's all of your memories from like 2005 2006 <laughs> yes yes the runner up <laughs> is nostalgia thank you yeah and 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 people know like i'm not much for nostalgia like like no you're you're out old shit in new shit out wait the other yeah. way around the old shit out, new shit in. I'm yep. always the new, but but this is a, a rare, a rare. Um, um, it's finally got you. It's finally got you. Anyway, Steve. Um, okay, so I've got I've got a, I've got a, I've got a proper runner up and an honourable mention. Um, my proper runner up is going to be Life is Strange: True Colors, which uh, I managed to uh, knock out um, towards the end of last year. Very it's very another late on the really the playlist. It is, um, it's very interesting. Uh, I think it's a bit less ambitious than Life is Strange 2. 
um, because it's not Don't Nod, it's Deck Nine, who um, did uh, Before the Storm, and um, uh, Captain Spirit, I believe. Um, no, Captain Spirit might have been Don't Nod. I still think Captain Spirit is the best thing to come out of Life is Strange 2. I thought that game was a bit of a train wreck in some respects. Um, so Life is Strange True Colors doesn't follow the episodic release pattern. There are episodes in the game, but it is one coherent product that all came out at the same time. And I think that really strengthens what they could do um, with that story. And there's some really cool things that they do in there. I think it's um, very interesting. It's leaning very heavily into a lot of the stuff that people love about um, uh, Life is Strange um, in terms of, you know, characters and the sorts of relationships you can form. Although I am starting to notice the pattern that, like, look, the the hetero love option in these games is always a massive wiener. Which I don't mind because the, the, the female love options are always badass. Like, you know, you've got Chloe and, um, oh my lord, the I mean, Life I don't of Strange know, I haven't 2 played one. But um, in this game, I believe it's Steph and, yeah, like the dude love interests are always like such massive wieners that you would never choose them anyway. Um, but it, so it really, it, it knows its audience and it's really leaning heavily in some of those things and it's some of the stuff I love about the game. It's looking at a lot of really interesting things. It's got a bit of that, like, CW teen drama stuff going on early, but I think um, they sort of tie it all off nicely towards the end. You know, look, you're looking at a character with trauma, and it really does look at, you know... There's lots of jokes online about these people who, you know, like, you know, oh, well, I am an empath, and what that really tends to mean is they're more like a psychopath. But, you know, the main character in here um, truly does vibe off what other people are feeling and it makes for some really interesting sort of ideas about you know putting others before yourself and when it's okay to be selfish and you know dealing with trauma and then ongoing trauma and some of the things that psychonauts touched on as well which is why i enjoyed it so much like the idea of you know forgiveness rather than vengeance and all of these other really interesting um Ideas, and I'm just a massive sucker for um, that northern Midwest setting and indie soundtracks. Um, I think I was talking to Jess, who did the Player Two review, and I said it really is like just co-opting that Scrubs formula of like the sad indie song over you know some shots and the occasional voiceover drive. Um, the emotionality of it. Um, but it's really great. And, um, I would recommend anyone who's been interested in life is strange should check out true colors because I think the pacing of it is a lot better than some of the previous entries. And, uh, it's, I would say it's a return to form after finding life is strange to a little bit disappointing. And my honorable mention goes to, um, the last of us part two on PS five because experiencing that game for a second time, Oh, I'm telling you, 60 frames per second in that game is gorgeous. It's so beautiful. Um, but not only that, I think having come away from that game thinking that I never wanted to play it again in my entire life, not because it was bad, but because it is so miserable is bleak in game. so many ways, um, It, in some ways I think it resonated more strongly because it's, you know... 
it's like when you watch Fight Club for the second time or any film that sort of has a bit of a twist at the end and then you get to recontextualize everything. I think a lot of the moments that I took for granted in the early parts of that game being recontextualized through the events and where I know everything is going made elements of it resonate so much more. And while it is still very bleak, there is hope in there towards the end. Or at least I think there is. I know that not everyone has the same read on that game. But I think the extra performance, um, the little bit of extra fidelity that that gives... um, just made it buttery smooth to go through and replay a game that I'd honestly promised myself um, I was probably never going to go back and play. And I know other people have said that as well. I know Matt has said that he he really liked that game, but he never wants to play it again. And then, and then. Well, I mean, I'm in a somewhat similar boat here. I w- kind of want to give a shout out to, um, you know, the still most modern God of War game which I liked quite a lot the first time around, mm. but enjoyed way more revisiting on PS5. Just, I mean, that kind of action game, actually having that locked 60 frames per second was a game changer. Like, really, really brought that thing to what it, like its full potential. Um, and it still just looks really good. And it's just come out on PC, so you know, you know, you people with 3080 GTI fucking whatevers, get on that shit. <laughs> Um, you people that aren't mining cryptocurrency whilst buying it. Yeah. Please, please continue to crash there. crypto. Please continue to crash. I'm enjoying that. Um, <clears throat> and the other one, just to, you know, I've had two potential others, and I'm like bounced between. But I think maybe just to bring this like full circle, I'm going to like use my bending rules to also say, you know what? Even though I haven't finished it, just to you know vindicate Steve and all this stuff, <laughs> more is um Disco Elysium: The Final Cut, which. That version came out at the beginning of last year, just under a year ago now. I think it was February or March. Mm-hmm. Still haven't finished yeah, it, the but... Switch stuff came much later. Yeah, but the PC version was a free update, but I believe, and like that's when it came out on PlayStation and Xbox. But as Steve's been talking about, it, like, even if I don't think I've clicked with as much as so many people, I kind of just look at that game in just gobsmacked awe at, like, all, the, all of the pieces that are, like, just buried beneath the surface and all the different directions it can go in that it, it makes me want to know <clears throat> more and be smarter <laughs> it makes me feel it does it's humble it, I, maybe saying it makes you feel stupid is the way it's just kind of reminds you of how little everybody knows or like how much there is to know and how little we all actually really understand a lot of mm. a lot of stuff and it kind of does make you I think I was trying to read some pretty in-depth Wikipedia articles as a result of it, and it, there are rabbit holes there. But it, it just blows my I don't mind. I don't read anything until I've finished it. Yeah, I'm talking like actual deep. political theory, like going really deep in the difference between like oh, social democrat okay, so and like democrat sort of... socialist, and like those are two whole different chains. Mm. I mean, somewhat connected, but also different chains of thought. And it's like, what the fuck is going on? Um, but yeah, like I. It's almost like just a respect photo, like, because there's just so many things going on in that game, and it's crazy to me that it just doesn't collapse under its own weight. So, yeah, I mean, that that's... I guess that's my list of the year, is, like, Resident Evil, Disco Elysium, and God of War finally being playable enough that I actually really loved it as much as I should have the first time around. I, I had a weird experience going back to that, because while I love the performance on... Um the PS5, I think it was a little bit too... I still think it hasn't quite been enough for me to go back and play it, so I think I'm going to try to bash it out maybe a month before the next God of War comes out, um, if they do manage to get Ragnarok out this year. 
I think um, they probably will. Although I, my theory is that um, the Rock saying he's like doing the biggest movie franchise ever, movie coming is of all time or whatever is to me seems like just a really weird way to let people know that God of War Rag- God of War Ragnarok is being delayed and like he is going to be in a God of War movie and they're going to come out together. Yeah. Yeah, similar to like what they've done with well, like relaunching The Last of Us, like remaking that first game presumably in the second game's no, ending I actually and think Ragnarok that will come out this year. the TV series. I do think Ragnarok will come out I this think, year. But I think it needs to. I think Sony need to get some more stuff out. I mean, that's going to be a whole topic for maybe a couple of episodes' time. Um, let this Activision yep. dust fall. Um, I can't disagree with you. I think had I played um, Disco Elysium last year, then it probably would have been on my list as well because it's impressing me quite a lot at the moment. It's like, even if I don't like you, I respect you so much. Although I have had moments where I was like deeply engrossed in it. Anyway, Ken, you still with us? Here. Thank you very much for being with us. Have you got anything you'd like to pimp before we wrap a little bow around this thing? Uh, no, not at the moment. Not at the moment. I'm hoping to get a couple of player two plays videos up soon, but I got to record them first and uh, keep an eye out for new content that's coming out on the website all the time. I mean, you already and somehow twin also somehow pimped your Twitter account earlier this episode already. At Pixelant. At Pixelant. Make, make that clear. Old old account. Yeah. Do can a solid go to Facebook Marketplace or your local cash converters and pick up a DS Lite? Oh, yeah, you should. It's it's well worth it. And then get an R4. Why was that? <laughs> Much to my own surprise during uh, that era, I ended up being way more into the PSP despite buying a DS first. Um, uh, Por que no los dos? I just fed both quite consistently. It was that works as well. a time in my life where I could do that. Nice, nice. Anyway, have you got anything you wish to pimp out? The, the website's kind of starting, the wheels are starting to turn again. We've got stuff going up. Um, we'll have stuff going up. The next thing I want to focus on is um, dodging pointy-ended questions about a Shin Megami Tensei Five review and trying <laughs> to wave my hands um, with a Disco Elysium review instead. So I think uh, that will be happening. Mm-hmm. Jess and I are putting um, the... trying to sort of locked down we're going to do a life is strange true color spoiler um video uh where we have a big discussion about the game so hopefully we can sort that out in the next week or two see that sounds like fun on the website um and outside of that um i've got everything crossed that i get bestowed um elden ring upon me but we'll see how that goes somebody somebody um, to get it yes ken i was just gonna say like in our Facebook group chat. Um, I was just talking to Chris Lawn about Iron Blooded Orphans, a Gundam, Gundam Iron Blooded Orphans, and maybe we might do something. I don't know, but um, mm. he just got into it, and that was a Gundam series that got me into. This I whole... remember you speaking about that, so it would be interesting to hear. You know, right, we're gonna have all of the anime. Steven, 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 get on it. It's better than Squid Game. Get Oof. on it. That's not hard. Squid Game's like a solid 6.5 to 7, and it doesn't warrant a sequel. Well, it's getting one. <laughs> I know. It doesn't warrant one. It seems like it misses the point, but anyway. Yeah, but Iron Blooded Orphans. Get on it. Everybody get on it. Um, and then maybe maybe we can do something. Okay. Okay. Let's guarantee there's no way to watch that with Think of Subtitles in Japan. Is it Crunchyroll? Netflix. It's oh. on Netflix. And I can almost guarantee there's going to be no English subtitle option in Japan. So, <laughs> Japan, oh, the yeah. worst place to watch anime, ironically. <laughs> um, yeah, anyway, I 
Actually, I don't have anything specific for the site lined up. I've just been trying to get this podcast back up again. I'll be in the next one, probably. Look forward to that. Um, at PretendBeard on Twitter, Steve, did you throw out your... Uh, I'm at Gorath44000 if you want to follow my video game stuff, and at No Shelf Control if you want my board game stuff. I like that you separated those. I didn't even realize you had another one. Uh, yeah, so because I, I was... I. I felt like it wasn't great to keep flooding my normie feed with all of my weird board game stuff, so I decided to uh, separate the two of them. So uh, Gorath44000 is... Um